Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for more sports as we will be talking week two in the National Football League. And you know if I'm talking football, I got my friend Bill Needles here with me. How the heck are you, Bill? I am well, thanks, sir. All right, great to have you. And rounding out our trifecta, as always, is Craig Needles. How are you, Craig? Doing good. All right, good to have you guys on. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce. Those wins, so I'm, I'm, of course I'm feeling good. Heck yeah, yeah! You're the only one who who got a W last week, and it was a uh, pretty well deserved W. I'm a little I'm a little upset that I didn't uh, I didn't I didn't trust my I didn't I didn't trust the road stuff enough to to tell our listeners to to jump on that uh, that Broncos bandwagon last week uh, uh, on the road. But uh, ah, what are you gonna do? I I, I still think we provided uh, the right advice in that game, but I just I should have been harder on going on going after the uh, on the Broncos in that one, so I kind of missed that opportunity. But hey, we had a damn good week. The underdogs were a all time record of twelve and twelve and what? Oh god, what was it? They were like twelve and four. The underdogs were or something last week, and. Uh, nine of those underdogs outright won the game. So you know when the underdogs are doing that well that uh, the crossover podcast is going to have a good week, and we did. And also we survived into week two easily enough with our uh, with our our pick in the survivor pool. So uh, we we get to continue on that for week two. But uh, without further ado, because we actually have some stuff to talk about in these games, I would say let's head right on into week two and start with a absolutely sparkling Thursday night football matchup with the NFC East. The New York Giants head into Washington to take on the football team. The football team, three-and-a-half-point favorites, getting that hook uh, in this game. The Fitzpatrick's out. Heineke is in. We'll have to wait and see. I know I, I kind of liked what Heineke did at the end of last season in the few games, and even I thought he had some good throws in that playoff game against the Buccaneers. Um, I thought he had some in the game against um, yeah the, the game against the. I thought I thought he did enough to win that Gibson fumble after the after the red zone like it, it looked like as everybody knows I was on Washington last week after the Herbert red zone interception I was like okay here we go but then Gibson immediately fumbled and if you were watching red zone it was like <laughs> you saw that you saw that that giveaway by Herbert and you're like all right and then you come back and they were scoring and you're like what <laughs> what the hell just happened didn't they throw a pick and then uh, Scott Hansen showed us hey Gibson fumbled that's why they got the ball back and it was just like damn it. But, uh, yeah, so I think with Heineke actually getting first-team reps, although, man, this is tough. It's short. First-team reps for him this week, but only on a couple of days. The over-under for this game, gentlemen, is a sparkling 40-and-a-half, and I got to tell you, I like the under in this football game. Um, I don't know. I, I Daniel Jones, once again, that man is awful at the game of football, but... I, this isn't going to be one of my five, but if I'm one of those compulsive types who just has to gamble, I think my ticket for this week is the Giants' money line with the under. What do you think, Craig? Uh, no, I'm going to take the Thursday night home team. Okay. Um, I understand that you have to give up the extra half point here, mm-hmm. but I think Washington football team is significantly better than the Giants. Um, and I even like regardless of which of the two quarterbacks is playing, I know it's going to be Heineke and not Fitzpatrick, but I think they're both better than anything. The Giants have a quarterback. I just think this is that Washington is, is, is clearly better. And you like later in the season, if someone were to say, oh, yeah, Giants at Washington football team, uh, we're going to say, oh, yeah, that's a seven point line. And we're getting here at three and a half. So I'm taking Washington football team. I think they're better. All right. Uh, Bill, how do you think on this one? Yeah, I think anytime the quarterback gets hurt and the new guy comes in, I think he did pretty well, all things considered. Like, usually that's a game where you completely write it off, right? And they kept up with a decent football team. Um, I think that I think that Heineke played better than Fitzpatrick. I understand it's a small sample situation, but Heineke's drives were better than Fitzpatrick's drives, I thought. Yeah, which, which makes me think that I, I like Washington here. Uh, again, the home team on Thursday is is a help. Uh, the Giants being bad, that that helps quite a bit. Uh, I think Washington's just got more talent, so I'm going to go with Washington. I'm going to trust Heineke, uh, but we'll see what happens when he actually starts a game. I guess. Yeah, I just I, I'm kind of staying away from this. The Heineke not getting enough time. I think I'll be more on him next week once he actually gets like a full week with the 
uh, with the first unit and whatnot in practice, but I just it's it's too short of a turnaround for me to trust it. And I kind of like the Giants in this spot getting a little bit of an upset. I'm, I'm big on the under in this game though, even even though it's got the 40 and a half. I think we're being set up. I think we're being. I think Vegas is begging us to take the over with that 40 and a half, and I'm just not going to do it. I think it's going to be a a slog and probably one of the worst Thursday night games of the year that we get this year. Fixing like for a like a 17-10 type of thing and um. Yeah, that's what I have to think about. That's all I have to say about that. And also, I just don't think Daniel Jones is very good. I, I should mention that week two, um, historically for for gambling purposes, this is also week one is a great week because is usually a great week as well because the books haven't quite figured out by week three, four. The books have got everybody figured out by then. So the first couple of weeks, he got a really good opportunity to find some some freaky lines. Uh, in week one, most of the, you can find a lot of discrepancies. Like we talked about the Houston one last week, and that was an easy, easy win. One of the easier uh, bets we'll make all year was Houston. And, you know, they're, that might be the only game they win the entire season, for God's sake. But week two um, has historically been overreaction week, and there is damn sure a few overreaction lines that have been that have come out this week and we'll get into a few one of them right here might be your boys craig the denver broncos heading into jacksonville to take on the jaguars the jaguars could not have looked worse i don't think uh urban meyer is already having to dodge um usc rumors which you know that happened quicker than i thought it would this line opened up at broncos minus three it is broncos minus six now that is all public money the Sharps are going to come in on the Jaguars, I can tell you that right now. Um, I get the idea of, of liking the Broncos at the three, but the, at the six, I don't know. Like, the the Broncos, asking the Broncos, and as much as I love Teddy Covers, I think asking the Broncos to cover a, a plus six on the road and, and get back-to-back road victories, even against the lowly Jaguars. Uh, I think gambling-wise, that's asking a lot, so I kind of like the Jaguars getting the six right now, and especially with the insane four-point bump on this, or the four-point increase that has already happened on how this game opened up. What do you think with your Broncos going into Jacksonville uh, minus six uh, on the road, Craig? Well, uh, the answer is going to be obvious in the way I'm phrasing this, but... Uh... The top three quarterbacks, according to uh, PFF's metric this past week, uh, were Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, and uh, care to guess who was third? Probably Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Bridgewater. Yeah. Um, they, they went into New York to play the Giants in a game they won by two touchdowns, and that, that scoreline was flattering. Very flattering because Jones added that garbage, the garbage time of all garbage time, not in like a, and barely got that score too, right? And, Albert O fumbled inside the five. Mm-hmm. Like if half, like there's a th- th- this game could have been Denver thirty four, uh, the Giants six, very very easily. Um, will Denver play as well this coming week? I don't know, but the Jaguars just got their asses kicked by Houston. Mm-hmm. Like they asses kicked in that football game. Uh, I, I, I this at six is a stay away. At, at six is a stay away. But uh, I'm, I'm not trusting Jacksonville with, with anything right now. Uh, I'll tell you what the bet is if you have to bet that. Well, I think if I think you got to take the Jaguars as the home as the home dog getting the six. But I'll tell you what I really like in this game is the over at forty five and a half. That's I think I think there's a lot of points to be had in this game because I think Jacksonville will be able to move the ball. Um, Billy, what do you think? Have to figure out their Jacksonville's gonna have to figure out their pass blocking situation. Von Miller yes. looked like on classic this past week he had four qb pressures and two sacks um I, yeah yeah i just think the plus six is the way to go just because oh, i don't plus like six. plus six is too much but bradley chubb might be back too so jacksonville yeah. has some jacksonville has some things to figure out that being said one of the main ways denver was moving the ball in the first half against the giants jerry judy had 76 yards in the first half and he got hurt sadly yeah uh looked like it was going to be very very bad he's going to be gone for a few weeks which is which is a bit of a silver lining, but uh, yeah, I think that uh, I, I think that Jacksonville might have some some negative things coming there from a pass rush perspective. Oh, absolutely! I just think that this this is a classic play for the sharps, uh, like the sharp gamblers, and I'm you know attempting to do my best impression of a sharp gambler. I just think that this is the spot you're going to oh, want. Yeah. I understand why someone's like, well, six is too much. I yeah. completely understand. And the fact that the fact that it's such an like again I mentioned this is overreaction week and the fact that the public not the sharps the public 
bet this uh, up three and a half points within two days. Like that's that's ludicrous. Uh, Billy, what do you have to say on this one? Denver minus six on the road in Jacksonville. What do you think this line is if this game was week one? Probably the same as – that's a very good question, Bill. I would say it's the same line the Broncos got in New York. I think it would be Denver minus three. Denver minus – And that's that's what this opened up. The public betted – the public came in heavy on it, right? Which is nuts. Yeah, I think six is a little high. I'm not trusting this Denver team on the road to, to cover six. So I, I take the points here. Uh, I also think that Bridgewater's a good quarterback, but he's, he's not going to – blow everybody away i think you'll see this game be a little lower scoring what is the over under here like low 40s 40 45 and a half i got the i'm, I'm on the over i think you'll you'll see it a little more conservative and therefore i think i want those points oh i disagree i'm on the over i think but i think i think this is has the makings of a what a weird shootout where you're saying to yourself hey why are there's so many points being scored in denver jacksonville i'm on i'm on, I'm on the over in this one it's not that high at the 45 and a half either yeah it's uh, next up, the Buffalo Bills up against the Miami Dolphins. The Buffalo Bills are giving three and a half on the road. This is one of my five. I came into this season claiming that I think the most square bet that was made in the season totals was the over on the Buffalo Bills at ten and a half. They lost a strange one to Pittsburgh, which I was on as well. And I think it's going to take a few weeks before the public realizes that this Buffalo Bills team, and I realize it's week two and a little bit of overreaction, and, and you know, this is overreaction week and not everything we should be said with a grain of salt. That said, the thing I am most worried about that happened in week one has to be the fact that inaccurate Josh Allen was rearing his ugly head against the Pittsburgh Steelers again last week. He missed some some throws in that game for sure. Um, I don't get why the Bills are favored. I love that I'm also getting the three. I'm also love that I'm getting the hook on this one, getting the extra half point for the home team, the Miami Dolphins, who I, I realized that there was a fumble involved, but they still went into New England and got a W against Bill Belichick, which is not easy. Um, despite the fact Brian Flores in his short career as Dolphins head coach has turned in some good numbers against the Patriots. That said, that's still not easy. The Dolphins is going to be one of my five. The Dolphins are getting three and a half at home. I think they win this game outright, and they. So I like the Dolphins on the money line as well. I think they win this game outright, and then we come on this podcast next week, and we're talking about Bills Mafia flipping out, starting the season zero and two. What do you think, Bill? Hey, um, I don't know. I think the I think Buff. I'm not high on Miami, and I think Buffalo is capable. I would want to. Throw it at the Bills here. I think uh, on the road. Yeah, no, give me the Bills. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't like either of these teams, though. I just think the the Bills are better, and I'm still not sold on Miami, although everybody else seems to be. So maybe I'll turn around this season. Uh, Craig, what do you think? Bills laying three and a half in Miami. Miami got some breaks in that New England game, and they created some of their own breaks. Like, you know, mm-hmm. New England's driving clearly towards what should have been a game-winning field goal. Damian Harris fumbles. Mm-hmm. New England um, also got Miami, some luck in that game, too, because two the the first touchdown pass shouldn't have ex- uh, from Mac Jones should not have existed after that horrific uh, roughing the passer call that they got on third down. That is true. Uh, I look at it, though, I, I think that Buffalo also had some negative luck week one. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think I want the Bills. Like I, I understand. Like you know, betting Miami on the money line to me is the play if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do this game because I think you'd be able to get a nice number there. But Miami is not winning this game if they score 17 points. Is what plus I plus 155 on the money line for for Miami. Yeah, see that? I like that bet better than anything else. Um, but yeah, I don't, my, Miami's gonna have to score more than 17 to win this game because Buffalo was not scoring 16 like New England kindly did. I don't know. I, I I like Miami. I think they're going to be one of my five. I, getting a good team at home. I I just I really like that. Uh, speaking of good teams at home, the Houston Texans are heading into Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. The Browns minus twelve and a half point favorites. Uh, you're not going to hear this from Matt Pierce too often, but uh, the Browns are going to be one of my five. I'm laying the twelve and a half. I think this is going to be a good old fashioned blowout, you guys. I think you. I, I I'm. 
trending towards the same way you are. I didn't think mm-hmm. I was going to make this one of my five. Yeah. Um, yeah, Houston's going to be feeling good about themselves. The Browns played pretty well. Like, they were not getting – they were a bad punt snap. Well, well we knew a bad punt snap. The punter just should have kicked the goddamn ball. But yeah. they were pretty close to having uh, a real good chance to win against Kansas City. Uh, in Kansas City, no less. And that's as hard a matchup as you get, right? Kansas City at Arrowhead is as hard a matchup as you get. The Browns look good. I think they look really good this week, and they kick the hell out of this Houston team. Yeah. I, I mean, you guys know this. This is this is a rare occasion for Matt Pierce that he he's going to lay this many points. But I, I'm – and it sounds like such a square play too, but, I, I mean, I'm looking at this, and, and this game is rated to me as uh, we're getting two free points here. This should be 14 and a half. I should have – the same thing when I saw the line is why yeah. isn't this two touchdowns? Yeah, I was thinking this would be should be 14 and a half and we should be laying an extra points. And I think by game time, it's going to be close to that, that you're going to have to give up two full touchdowns. And yeah. so if you're going to get it, go get it now. Yeah. And, and Houston's not going to be the type of backdoor team. Like, you know, like, I mean, I mean, I guess any team can backdoor you, but you're not exactly worried about the Houston Texans going for the backdoor. Houston's flying high after what may be their only win of the season. And the Cleveland Browns probably a little frustrated after going toe to toe. And they, they, they had the ball there with a chance to win it. And again, the punter kind of messed it up for you. You kind of hate that when, you're doing everything all game, and then the punter gets out there for one kick, and he can't even friggin' get it off. And it's just they—they they should have shaved his long hair right there on the field when that happened, because shameful. But yeah, you're not going to see me do this too much. But I—I I might make Cleveland minus twelve and a half one of my five uh, five big ones this week. Bill, what do you think? Cleveland twelve and a half uh, against the Texans. Yeah, I mean, it's—I don't want to go anywhere near a line of twelve and a half, but you can't in good faith put money on the Texans against Cleveland. So you got to take Cleveland, but I'm not making it one of my five. I'm not putting any real money on it. Just pride. Fair enough. Uh, Next up, the one o'clock game, a game I had a little bit of trouble with the Cincinnati Bengals are heading into Chicago to take on the bears and the bears are a short home favorite in this one. They're getting minus two and a half. The question we have to ask ourselves is when we come on to do this podcast, one of these weeks, we're going to get a line like this where it's going to jump two points because on because the day after we record this, it's going to be announced that they're starting Justin Fields and the Bears are going to instantly gain two points on the market. Um, is there any potential for that to happen in this game, uh, Craig? And uh, which side are you on if, if you want uh, the in Bengals-Bears? I'm all over the Bengals. I don't think this is the week where they say it's going to be Fields. Uh, I'm of the suspicion that they are going to um, not have Justin Fields. Because, again, the Bears' offensive line, the tackles especially, are bad. Um, They are going to go visit the Dog Pound and Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney next week. I have a suspicion that that is not something they want Justin Fields to be doing. Um, So I think it's going to be week four. That's that's my prediction for when Justin Fields starts getting the majority of the snaps against your Detroit Lions, Pierce. Yeah, um, <laughs> of course. As, as for this week, um, I think the Bengals' offense is pretty good. I know the Vikings have some things to figure out on defense, but I think the Bengals' offense might be good. Um, I know that there's some questions about the line, and there should be, but if you have Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar H- Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think this offense is good, and I think that the Bengals will uh, will score enough to cover the two and a half. I think they win this game outright. All right, I like that. Um, Bill, what do you have to say? In... Two no Cincinnati Bengals. That plays out. Yeah, that would be funny. Uh, Chicago Bears minus two and a half, short home favorite. Bill, what do you think? I like the Bengals here. I think the Bengals. I would not have guessed this line. I would have guessed, you know, maybe a pick 'em. Um. I think the Bengals are a better team. I don't think Chicago's that good. I think that, yeah, like like Craig said, they got the weapons. The offense is fantastic. Defense could use a little work. Uh, but I don't think Chicago has has the speed to take advantage of a, an empty defense. So give me the Bengals. All right. Uh, next up, a game. I don't think you guys are prepared for what I'm about to say on this next one. The San Francisco 49ers are heading into Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. This line... Here's how I know I'm getting better. I wrote down the Eagles at three and a half as one of my five. I, I wanted the Eagles getting the plus three and a half as one of my five. The Sharps came in and bet it, um, which means I'm getting a little bit better because uh, the Sharps also like the three, the three and a half. 
Uh, and the Sharps bet it so much that the hook is now gone. It's now 49ers minus three, given points on the road. Um, if you want the Eagles, I'll give it to you for the purposes of our contest at the three and a half. But if you actually want to find the three and a half for the Eagles, um, it's either past, you're going to have to buy that extra half point, or you got to search it out on, on some of the less reputable sites, maybe, or maybe the sites that aren't, aren't as quick with the line moving. But um, this is one that has, has recently moved due to heavy, sharp betting. I am also on the Philadelphia Eagles on this. I think they might be one of my five. I like the Eagles on the money line, too. I, I think their defense might actually be good. And the 49ers, I know they got the victory. But, man, did they ever collapse and the Lions are just really bad the Lions are really really bad against a regular team they don't score like against a a decent team they don't score a lot of those points because a lot of those points were just the 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 Lions with with horrible coverage missed tackles doing this doing that and and I don't think the Niners look as good if they weren't playing the Detroit Lions I like the Eagles in this game which is insane to say because I was very down on the Eagles at the beginning of of the season but here we are uh, I'm taking the Eagles as the short home favorite, uh, what, or sorry, as the home dog. What do you think, Bill? Uh, I'm with you. I think both these teams coming off a win, but the Eagles coming off a bigger win against a better team. So the, I, I think the Eagles certainly outperformed them week one. Um, I don't know if this was week one, I might be favoring Sam Fran here, but after seeing what both teams did last week, I like the Eagles. I think I, I like what I saw. Wasn't as thrilled about San Francisco. They did look good, but like you said, the the Lions helped them look good. Um, so I'm going with the Eagles here. Uh, Craig, Niners given three on the road in Philadelphia. What do you think? You know, every year we talk about, hey, what's the week one game that people are, are reacting too much to or, or that mm-hmm. we look back at the, at the end of the year and say, well, that was ridiculous. Uh, the Browns getting absolutely stomped by Baltimore last year, something that happened in week one. That yep. was not indicative of quality of the Browns as a football team. Jacksonville Jaguars uh, getting a win in week one last year was not indicative of how the rest of their season went. Yeah. Yes. never won again. Both were a yeah. playoff team. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, uh, was Falcons-Eagles that game? I'm not sure. I, and here's the thing. The Eagles are good enough on the lines that maybe that wasn't it. But I'm curious as to what we wind up saying that game was. I have a very good candidate, I think, for, for what I think the no effing way game. Or not the no effing way game. Sorry, that's a different category. Uh, the week one uh, throw off the scent game that happens every year. I, I, Cardinals-Titans? I, I, no. Uh, Cardinals-Titans, that is a very good one. But no, I'm not big on the Titans, so I don't think that that was Cardinals-Titans. I think it's flat out the Saints and the and the Packers. I think I think we're going to look back at that one and go like, hey, how the hell did that happen where the Saints... like, I, Not to say that the Saints are bad or anything like that, but the 38-3 to and Aaron Rodgers just looking like he doesn't belong in the National Football League, I think is, is going to be the thing that we look back on Week 10 when the when the... When the Packers are like seven and three or whatever, yeah, and be like, hey, remember that? That was fun when we all got to make fun of Aaron Rodgers for that one week, right? And and post funny memes of him at Cabo or wherever the heck it was with Miles Teller and 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 all that, right? Here's the thing about that though: is if they don't figure it out, I suspect the Lions are are, are a good remedy to what ails you. The Lions <laughs> at Lambo, which <laughs> yeah, yeah. The place where the Lions, I believe, have won like you know one football game in the last thirty years or something. No, they won a few in the Stafford era. Stafford won three or four there, but like it definitely, it's definitely become less of a house of horrors in the back half of the Stafford era. But yeah, for most of my life, it's like, are you kidding me with this? Um, so we'll see. But if the Packers wind up being three and three after the off-season turmoil that occurred, that's going to be a little bit awkward. The schedule going forward from here after this week is at the 49ers home to the Steelers. Um, then they are, do they have a, yeah, they're at the 49ers home to the Steelers at the Bengals, which maybe that's not such an easy win. Then at the bears who may or may not have Justin Fields playing quarterback. We'll see where they are. Hell, maybe they're five and one. I don't know. There's a non-zero chance of that. But this is the sort of situation where if they don't start playing well, things are going to get awkward. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, as for the football game that we're supposed to be talking about before I let us off the path with my question, uh, I think that, um, you know, I, I look at this, I, I think it's the, the Eagles are the play here. You, you, you take the home dog and, and move along with your life. But uh, I'm very curious to see if what the Eagles were able to do in the secondary, what the Eagles were able to do from a Jalen Hurts perspective is repeatable against the 49ers. Yeah. I agree, but yeah, I think I think you just take the. I think it's just a classic money line because you know the public's going to be all over the Niners, right? Like even even after yeah. they got even after they got backdoored by the, by the well, depending on when you bet that game, you got uh, backdoored in the uh, yeah, by the I, Lions I in that one. But I had it at eight and a half, so I, I had Detroit uh, plus eight and a half, so it worked nice. out okay. Nice. Um, so it was a good yeah, game for you then. Yeah, it was a good game for me. Uh, this is one where I think that you wait a little bit, maybe, if you want the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you had to get to yeah. it early because you would have gotten a three and a half and maybe well, found a four I, somewhere. I think it might go back, though. Here's open, yeah, if the public comes in on it or, uh, Sunday morning, right? Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Is it going to be a line where everyone's like, oh, wait a minute, the Niners are only, I only give three points for them? I think mm-hmm. it may come back. Uh, but, yeah, the Eagles are the play. Take the Eagles at home and, and take the points. Heck yeah. Uh, next up, this should be a decent game. The New Orleans Saints heading to Carolina to take on the Panthers. The Saints lay in three and a half. I, I think this is another kind of overreaction to what the Saints did to the Packers and looking like the most dominant team that has ever um, played a game of football before because that was that was an all-time curb stomping. But um, the, the Saints... Laying three and a half on the road is a bit much for me. I, I think uh, we're, I'm going to take the the home dog here. They're not going to be one of my five, but they were damn sure close. I think I'm going to be on the Panthers with the three and a half point hook. Uh, so I'm going to be I'm going to have them on a few tickets, but uh, I don't think they'll be one of my five. But I'll definitely have them on a few tickets. What do you think, Bill? Uh, Saints minus three and a half on the road in Carolina. I, I kind of like them to cover. I, I know. Mm. Although I don't think they overreacted that as much as I thought they would have. I would have expected more just because it was such a beatdown of a good team. Because um, the Saints are, are, are favored in general in Carolina, probably, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. it's a little higher than I'd like getting that hook in there. You have a 3-5, right? Yes. Yeah. So a little higher than I would have liked. But I think what we saw from, like, what we saw from Jameis Winston was good. I mean, it was very good. And, yes, Green Bay struggled and Aaron Rodgers was throwing it in the dirt, but like the defense shouldn't have been able to get slaughtered like that. So I think the New Orleans offense is going to be pretty good this year uh, as long as Winston can keep throwing the ball to the right team. Uh, So I'm going to assume that he does and that the Peyton's got a good scheme going and they're going to work things out. And I'm going to assume that they're going to have an impressive season and that'll, uh, that'll continue this week. So give me the Saints. All right. Uh, Craig, what do you think? Saints giving up three and a half on the road in Carolina. Uh, I want the Saints. Um, look, mm-hmm. the reality is there's one question about the Saints. We know the offensive line's good. We know the head coach is good. We know the defense is very good. The question is, can the head coach be good enough to take an obviously talented quarterback who is prone to mistakes and remove those mistakes from that quarterback's game? Um, week one, they did. Um, if uh, I, I just think that... Winston's a first overall pick. I think people seem to forget that, but Winston's like a first mm-hmm. overall pick talent. Mm-hmm. He may have found the right spot here, and if he has, the Saints are going to be looking real good. So uh, I like the Saints here. I think the Saints are really good. Maybe not as good as, you know, like you said, curb stomp and Green Bay, but they're pretty good. Yeah, I, I just think I just think this is a classic, like, let's just take the home dog and, and, and move away from it. And the Saints looked as good as you can possibly look. There's no way they're going to look that good, even against Carolina, who, you know, not necessarily a team that will punish you. But, I mean, they, they, they'll they'll get after you. So I, 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 I'm going to lone wolf it against you guys, and I might t- um, probably have the Panthers on a couple tickets. Um, next up is another game that the Sharps already got their uh, – their, their money on enough to move the line. The Los Angeles Rams head into Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Uh, this line opened up at Rams on the road, giving four. It's now dropped a half point to Rams minus three and a half. So you're getting the three and a half point hook on the road Rams. Um, not only did the Sharps come in on the 
Colts spread. They also, there's been a lot of bet on the Colts money line as well on this game. So the Sharps are picking the Colts to just outright win this game. My guess this is based on the fact that the Colts very good, uh, despite the fact that they, it, the Colts defense is good, despite um, giving up, because uh, I mean, they only gave up the first, they, I'm pretty sure the Seahawks didn't even score in the second half of that game. The Colts just couldn't get the offense going, which has to do with the fact that the Seahawks are also good at defense. Um, and the Rams, you know, they scored some points, but a lot of that was on just a couple of big chunk plays that, unless you're the Kansas City Chiefs, are not necessarily reliable week to week. So I wouldn't say that the Rams' offense looked as crisp as the score would indicate. Um, there was a couple moments there in the first half against the Bears where it was like, oh, geez, are we going to be in trouble with the with the survivor pick with the Rams here? And then the second half happened, and that ended up being not true. But I'm guessing that some of the metrics that the Sharps have would indicate that the Colts probably are much better than they looked against the Seahawks, and the Rams might not be as good as they looked against the Bears, especially in that second half. So they're all over the Colts uh, enough that they moved the spread down a half point, and they're all over the money line. I'm suggesting the Indy money line in this game too, which means I'm also suggesting uh, I'm also advocating for taking the Colts plus the three and a half. Uh, what say you on this one, Craig? Rams for me. Um... Oh, interesting. I just, Fading the Sharps. Yeah, there's just something about this Colts team that I don't like. There's something about this team that I don't like. I've got a weird feeling about it. And maybe it's – well, wait a minute. The the anti-vax quarterbacks, they go 0-3 this week. Jackson, they, Wentz, and Cousins. Yeah, they did. They okay. certainly did. Anyway. Oh, yeah, anyway. Um, a bounce-back week for the anti-vaxxers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. There's just something about this Colts team I don't trust, and I think the Rams are real good. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Rams in this game. My only concern is you've got the uh, the West Coast team playing at 1 p.m. That's the the thing that yeah. I would be worried about. Yeah, that's another that's it's another not, thing. What, what after playing a Sunday like, nighter too, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I, I'm gonna be on the Colts. Sounds like you're on the Rams. I'm on the Colts. What do you think, Billy? Break the tie for us here. Yeah. I, I I really love the Rams this year, and I thought Stafford did a fantastic job, and I'm very mm-hmm. excited to see him the rest of the year. Getting MVP uh, buzz after one week. I thought that was a little excessive, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, you know. You, oh, I'm not saying he can't do it. No I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying it was a little, it was, it was a little excessive for me. <laughs> yeah, give me the, uh. Give me the Colts. I want the points. I think this is going to be a very good football game, uh, and I think it might come down to some last-minute heroics. So I, I really do hope they play a good game, but I, I, I'm going to say Colts for the points. All right. Uh, next up, the Las Vegas Raiders head to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers, coming off a grinding victory on the road against the Bills. The Steelers are laying five and a half, our first Vegas zone of the year, boys. Um, Got to take the Steelers here for me. The Raiders coming off a pretty emotional and weird Monday night uh, victory against the Ravens. Uh, a game that they technically kind of sort of had to win twice and nearly lost. When they, I thought the game, when they, when they did not score on the on the the three attempts from the goal line after thought they'd won and then threw the pick. I was like, we're done here. Lamar's taking his ball back. But yeah, the the Raiders grinded it out and, and got the cover and the win. Um but uh, I think this is just a, a good spot for the Steelers to kind of get uh, even even better, get the offense looking a little bit better. Uh, it's tough to lay five and a half with the Steelers after how their offense looked in Week One, but man, they just they they find a way. I'm I'm laying the five and a half with the Steelers. What do you think, Bill? I am in agreement. I think the Steelers played a good game last week. I think that Las Vegas. Yeah, like that game was – it was just weird, and I think they're not going to get as many second chances uh, against a good team like Pittsburgh. So points are a little higher than I'd like, but I'm still trusting Pittsburgh to win by a score or more. Uh, Raiders getting five and a half on the road in Pittsburgh. What do you think, Craig? Um, it's a stay away from me, but if I had to take someone, I think it's the Steelers. Mm. Um, I, 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 did you uh, – the Manning broadcast of Monday Night Football, like, and of course I was going to love it, but it was like, yeah, if you have the watch it, it was friggin' revolutionary. I loved it. Just the insider stuff. They're telling good stories. There's mm-hmm. some really good jokes. 
it was really, really good. And they, they were predicting stuff before it happened because it turns out those two guys have played a lot of football. And yeah. Four Super Bowl rings Raiders, in that booth. Yeah, the Raiders are going down to, uh, to set up their play at the one-yard line. And Eli, right as they're breaking the huddle, says, no hard counts down here. Never do hard counts down here. And, of course, Carter does a hard count. And Leatherwood jumps, and they have to go back five yards. That was, and eventually wound up the pick coming uh, the next play after that. But it was just stuff like, okay, so here's what you should, like, basically predicting what was going to happen before it did. Um, Peyton was just going absolutely out of his mind when he was caught quiet down the crowd, because, like, you know how he hates that. And Eli, of course, was joking with him about that and how he was going to, like, you know, go into the crowd and start fighting people when he was doing that (laughs) in Indianapolis. Um, But, yeah, it it was a tremendous broadcast. Plus, you get jokes like, Peyton Manning talking about reads that Lamar Jackson is making. Then Lamar pulls the ball down, makes three guys miss, and gets a 20-yard scramble. And Peyton's like, well, that's exactly what I would have done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's it, – yeah, and they have, they have guests on there. So there's some Ray Lewis, Travis Kelsey, Russell Wilson. Like, if he want, like, I, I suspect he's going to do things other than football when he's done playing football. But mm-hmm. if that guy wants to do TV when he's done playing football, I think he'd be phenomenal absolutely phenomenal uh so we'll see what uh what what winds up happening with the manning broadcast but five stars 10 out of 10 get highly recommend it if uh if you have the chance to watch that for monday night this week uh, are they doing it every week or is it just a select yeah, few they're doing, they're doing it every week all 17 nice. weeks and they know right. that they have not been in the same place to watch monday night football together just because you know they they play football in different places mm-hmm. and whatnot 1993 this is the first yeah he said that on the bill simmons podcast yeah peyton manning was on was on bill simmons one of the forefathers of this podcast uh, and and he said that thing and i remember just being shocked by that thinking i I guess that does make sense but it is one of those things that you don't really think about it right goes to tennessee uh in the fall of 94 Mm. and then they're both they're both either playing college football or in the nfl for the subsequent 25 years yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was something else, right? Yeah, it's just one of those things you don't really think of, and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. And there there wasn't like a week where they would both randomly have a bye. You figure maybe there'd be a week where they both like luckily had the bye week at the same time and squeezed yep. in a game or whatever. But nah, it just just didn't go down yep, like yep. that. That was and like playoff uh, games they've watched together because sometimes they're not in the playoffs or what it happens to be, or you know, mm-hmm. what, like you know, Peyton famously was at uh, Super Bowl 42. Uh, yes, freaking out and having a good time in the press box after the helmet catch. Uh, so, like, you know, that they've been together for stuff like that. But, yeah, you, I hadn't thought about it. But, oh, yeah, I guess you two have not been in the same city for a regular season NFL game in 30-something years. Which is yeah, almost a, 30 years. Yeah, just to watch it and chop it up, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um yeah, I really like that. I didn't get a chance to watch that broadcast because it's not available on DAZN, which kind of sucks. But uh, I, I somebody put together a, a compilation of all the best bits, and it was pretty decent on YouTube. And I gave that a watch, and I was like, "This is great! I should have watched this whole. I wish I could have watched this whole thing." But fortunately, they don't have alt broadcasts on DAZN. Maybe it's something I should email them about and be like, "Hey, can you guys get this?" Because I know Amazon did when they. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that they can get it because I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't cost them any. The other thing that I thought was fascinating was so they have Travis Kelsey on there as an active NFL player. He's playing Baltimore next week, and he's talking about well, here's what the Chiefs like to do when we play against Cover Zero. And uh, if I were like Andy Reid, I'd be like, dude, shut up. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on. You know who's gonna play a lot of Cover Zero on Sunday Night Football this week? The Baltimore goddamn Ravens. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. That being said, uh, Kansas City's solution to Baltimore's cover zero over the years has been, oh, you're going to cover one of Hill or Kelsey uh, one-on-one? Patrick is going to figure that out, actually. Yeah. So I, if, I, if I were Baltimore, I'd try to avoid the cover zero situation, but this is the, uh, these, are the, these are the head games I'll have to play with one another. Maybe Andy Reid told him to go on TV and do that. Uh, yeah, but, it's uh, true. Yeah, it, was, uh, it, was, uh, it, it, was, it was a good broadcast. It was good. Yeah, it's great. Uh, last up for the one o'clock slate, the New England Patriots head to New York to take on the Nye Jets, and the Patriots are a six-point road favorite. What are we doing here, gentlemen? J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. Are you kidding me? Laying six on the road with a rookie quarterback in his second game? I don't give a crap. You gotta be. I don't give a crap. There's a rookie quarterback on the other side of this game. 
This is ridiculous. Uh, give me the pay. Give me or sorry, give me the Jets. But they're not going to be one of my five. But I will have the Jets on a bunch of tickets this week. Bill, what do you think? Jets laying six at home, or sorry, getting six at home. Yeah, yeah. I don't look too hard at these team names. I take the points at home. Um, and New England has not in any way done enough to earn that much credit. So yeah, give me the Jets. Craig, Patriots laying six on the road. Well, the first thing I have to say about this game is the following. Mm-hmm. Scott Hansen. Oh, wow. Is this the first time the New England Patriots have made it on the Scott Hansen game? Oh, um, they I, their last season a couple of times. Yeah, they might have last season a couple of times. Also, you know, maybe some of the Jacoby Brissett games or the Tom Brady suspended games, they might have been on there or something like that. But In the Brady era. But I'll no. tell you right now, I, I, like, I don't want to watch this football game. No. Who does? Well, besides the potato faces. Yeah. Um, I want the Jets. Uh, I think they cover, but New England wins. But, yeah, like I said, don't want to watch it. Marquee matchup for the 1 o'clock game. I would, my choice, I would say either Bills, Dolphins, or Rams, Colts. Both uh, three-and-a-half point. Rams, Colts for me. Rams, Colts for you? Yeah, I think so, too. There's a bit more interesting in that game. And, and uh yeah, it's uh, Wentz versus Stafford should be fun to see see what the Colts can do on that one. Uh, yeah, Patriots Jets Scott, official Scott Hansen game of week two. All right, we head to the afternoon games. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, your boys, Bill, who uh, gave up a bit of one there against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals last week. They go into Arizona, and Arizona's laying four and a half. I have this marked as the. The what one of the few overreaction lines we got of the week. This game actually opened up at Vikings minus four and a half, and the Sharps came in on the four and a half and bet it down to Cardinals minus four now. I like the Vikings. I'm gonna take the Vikings. I'll offer up the four and a half if you guys want it. They're gonna be one of my five. Um, I, I think the Vikings, you know, they got some stuff to figure out. The Cardinals, despite the fact I'm down on the Titans, I don't think the Cardinals are as good as they looked in week one. Um, as Craig mentioned, that has potential to be the throw off the scent game of the week, the Cardinals Titans. Um, I, I like the Vikings to, to bounce back here and, and cover the spread. What do you think about your boys going into uh, Arizona lane four? Yeah, I certainly like the idea that they're going to cover the spread. Uh, I think they can win this game. I mean, Minnesota did not play a terrible game. I mean, the Bengals played well. Minnesota played well and ended up being close. Arizona, on the other hand, I I think that score doesn't tell you a full story. Like, no, they're not significantly better than the Titans. I do think there was an overreaction here. uh, And therefore, I'm I'm taking those points and I'm taking Minnesota. Uh, Craig, Minnesota going into Arizona and Arizona laying forward. What do you think? Uh, I think Vikings, I don't think the Cardinals are quite as good as they looked either. I think they just had a lot of things go their way. Uh, I think the odds of Chandler Jones having five sacks again are pretty low. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, maybe not zero. Uh, but, no, I'll, uh, I'll I'll take the Vikings and the points. Um, the, the Vikings got to figure out their passing attack, though. And here's the thing with the Vikings, though, is – and they're kind of in the same boat as the Titans – is if you get them down early – and you take play action out of the the playbook, or at the very least get to a point where the defense is not going to believe play action, that kind of wrecks a lot of stuff they want to do. Atlanta, same thing, by the way. Atlanta's the same thing. So we'll see uh, We'll see if they can keep the game a little closer earlier on. Minnesota did come, come back and force overtime, and they probably should have won that football game against Cincinnati. Uh, they got to win this week, though, otherwise things are going to get awkward. Minnes like Kirk Cousins was thirty six for forty nine for three fifty and two scores zero interceptions. I I'm not complaining about those numbers out of Kirk Cousins. No, you obviously would want to score more than uh, than than twenty four points. I think they had a, a red zone fumble in there. Um, but yeah, the other thing is, of course, if you're the Vikings, like you know, you played an overtime where you got the ball twice and you didn't get a field goal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get a field goal this time. Absolutely. Um, next game of the 4 o'clock slate. This is the overreaction line of the week, I thought I saw. Uh, the Falcons head into the Buccaneer, into Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers laying 12 and a half. Um, wow. Way too much for a, div- a divisional matchup with two very good opponents. Um, I think Atlanta, there's no way they look as bad as they did against the um, 
Eagles, uh, in, which included a home loss. Quite frankly, I, I didn't consider it because it was week one, but perhaps a trap game, a trap look-ahead game for the Falcons in week one. Um, that said, the usual red zone concerns popped up. Um, I, I mentioned earlier about, you know, if you're going to... I thought Kyle Pitts is supposed to solve that problem. Yeah, well, you got to throw it to him in the red zone in order to make that work, which, which you know, we wouldn't, you know, we we, we thought would have happened, but uh, I guess Arthur Smith has decided to like go with last year's red zone playbook for whatever reason. Didn't understand that. Um, hopefully, they bust this out. I'll tell you, the sharps have not only come in on the twelve and a half, but the sharps are also on the Falcons money line a little bit for some long shots because the money line's going off at four seventy five. Falcons and Buccaneers are always weird, weird games. And sometimes are are closer than you think. I kind of like the Falcons money line on some. Like they they're going off at plus four seventy five. You're telling me we don't come on here on Monday and or, or uh, next week on the pod and say, hey, how about that Falcons upset? Like there's no world in which that happens. I I I disagree completely. I like I the money line. Uh, Go ahead. The world that uh, the world that we're talking about uh, happens more often than one out of five times. So therefore, yes. take five to one on your money. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I, yeah, I, I like the Falcons money line in this game as well. Um, yeah, this is a, the Falcons money line here. This is where the Sharps make their bread and butter, I think, is is, is, is just picking oh, up spots is, like this. This is the easiest play of the week for me. The Falcons, yeah. the Falcons plus the 12 and a half. That was when I looked at the lines this week. I'm like, well, I know that's one of my five. That was the easiest play of the week for me. And hey, maybe I believe too much in the Falcons. I was on them last week and I got burned. But yeah. no, I'm taking them again. Uh, and, and this time I get a lot of points. Absolutely. Uh, Sharps are on them. I'm on them. Craig's on them. Bill, how about you? Falcons getting 12 and a half in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm not as high as you guys are, but I, I'm still not putting that many points down. So give me Atlanta. Give me the points. Uh, Atlanta's not a complete travesty. They're a decent enough team to cover that one. Um, Next up, this game was – I had the toughest with this one all week. The Cowboys and the Chargers are hooking up in L.A. this week. And the Chargers are getting the three-point home bump, which means that Vegas believes this game is a coin flip, you guys. And I kind of agree. Um, I have this game as a stay away and just kind of as a fun game that I want to watch. Over-under, highest of the week, I believe, at 55 for, for these two teams. Well, I guess Chiefs-Ravens is also 55. So tied for the highest line of the week. Um, absolutely crazy. Chargers-Cowboys, I, I, I have as a stay away. I just want to watch this football game and have some fun. What do you think, Bill? Uh, I, I, I think it's a fantastic football game. I'm very excited for it. I think it's two fun offenses to watch, uh, but I'm going to go with, if they're calling them even, I think Dallas is better. Hmm. Yeah, I think Dallas is better. I think Dak's a little more proven than, uh, than Herbert. So give me Dallas because if it comes a shootout, I want Prescott. Okay. I feel the same way. I think there's going to be some points scored in this game, and I want the Cowboys. I think, um, gun to my head, if I was one of those compulsive taps who just has to gamble, I think I might disagree with you guys and take the Chargers minus the three. But this game is, I, I, I think this is the most accurate line of the week for me. Like, I like I did the coin, the, basically making this a coin flip and the Chargers getting the three-point home bump, I think, is, 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 is very accurate. Um, to how I think the game script of this game will go, but I, I gun to my head, I would I would go with the char- I would lay the points with the Chargers, but uh, yeah, that's just me. Uh, last game of the four o'clock slate, the Tennessee Titans head into Seattle to take on the Seahawks. This game opened up at Seahawks minus five. The Sharps have bet it to minus five and a half. The Sharps are fading the Titans. A lot of weird stuff coming out of the Titans uh, thing right now. They've lost Arthur Smith. They're already apparently the head coach is already feuding with Julio Jones, who they traded for in this offseason. That's not good. They lost John U. Smith, their their big time blocking tight end. Um, potentially to be one of the the overreaction teams of Week One, but the Sharps, I got the Sharps are already on the Seahawks, and I like the Seahawks too with the minus five. I don't like the hook with the five and a half though. That I don't like giving up that extra half point. Um, it's it's sliced that thin for me, but uh, I, I'm if I, I would bet Seattle, uh, Seattle laying five and a half against Tennessee at home. What do you think, Bo? I want to believe in Tennessee, I really do, but I don't. So I think I take Seattle at home here. I, I hope they prove me wrong. I really do. They're not going to be one of my five. Uh, but from what I've seen, you got to go to Seattle. 
Craig, Seattle laying five and a half against Tennessee. What do you think? Yeah, it's got to be Seattle. Like, I just, I, I can't trust, and this is not one of my five, but I just can't trust the Titans with anything after what we saw last week. Uh, have you ever seen, have you guys ever seen a player like Taylor Lewan came out on Twitter and said, and like, it was obvious to everyone in the building and everyone watching on television, but he comes out after the game and, and, and tweets, uh, you know what, everybody, I didn't play very well. I'm going to get better from this, blah, 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 blah. Of course, if you're watching the game and you, you see Chandler Jones just blowing by him over and over and over again, uh, you, you'd be able to figure that out for yourself. But Taylor Juan was a mess. And he, this is typically a guy who's uh, a pretty high level NFL tackle. So we'll see what he's uh, he doesn't have as tough an assignment against the Seahawks this week. We'll see what he's able to do. But I am uh, I'm thinking that you got to take Seattle until you see what uh, what Tennessee is able to do. Plus, uh, Tennessee's defense continued to look as bad as it did last year. So I think that uh, that Russell and friends are going to uh, are, are going to be able to score some points. I agree. Um, marquee matchup, Cowboys-Chargers, I think, for 4 o'clock, right? Even though Falcons-Buccaneers should be fine. But Cowboys-Chargers, I think, on paper. Uh, it's, it's a nice 4 o'clock. Like, I like all those 4 o'clock games. It's yeah, nice very game. good. Very good it's slate. A, a nice slate. Yeah, very good slate. Uh, speaking of great games, though, the Kansas City Chiefs are heading into Baltimore to take on the Ravens in the Sunday night. Or, oh, boy, Collinsworth and yeah. Michael's got a, got a good one here. Um, Chiefs laying 3.5, I think... I think this isn't going to be one of my five, but I think if, you know, if you're one of those people who maybe didn't have a good game and you're chasing later on, which, you know, never, I never recommend that at all. I never recommend chasing. Just if you're not having a good week, deal with it next week. Um, Ah, God, I think you got to just kind of do the tough thing here and, and, and take the points with the Baltimore Ravens as tough as that sounds. I just, Man, what a good football game, though. Just going to be a delight to watch. But I think you take the three and a half because you're getting that hook. And, and man, how many teams – I guess it's the Chiefs on the road, though, but how many teams would only be have the Chiefs laying three and a half, which is what makes it tough? Tempting from Vegas, but I think I would take Baltimore plus three and a half. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm liking the Chiefs here. I think the the Chiefs played a hard-fought game with a better team. The Ravens played a hard-fought game with a worse team. Um, I think I think we'll see a little more action out of the Chiefs. They're going to get another 33 points, and I don't see Baltimore scoring as many as they did. Uh, give me the Chiefs. I like them to cover. All right. Uh, Craig, the Chiefs laying three and a half in Baltimore. What do you think? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, again, Baltimore has a, a certain specific style of defense that they play, whereas they, you know, they want their corners to do a lot of man. They want to do some fun stuff up front to try to, to try to create sort of matchup edges for themselves. Of course, they, and that's sort of what they they want to do on defense. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has played against the Baltimore Ravens twice in his career. Here are the lines. Uh, both wins, by the way. Uh, 35 completions, 377 yards, and two scores to go with uh, a rushing score in the first one. Uh, second one, uh, which was a game in uh, the, the, he uh, had 374 yards, three scores, and a rushing score. Sorry, there's the third one uh, in Baltimore, in which Mahomes had 385 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, he is absolutely to this team and this defense every time they've gotten together. I think we see that again. I just don't know what, like, the way that they want to play just plays right into the hands of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. The way they want to play is, okay, we're going to have our linebackers and our corners hold up in coverage. We're going to have our pass rush get home. If you've got a guy who, and this is the thing about going up against Mahomes, is, you know, I've watched football for, for 30 years. And when I see quarterbacks in certain situations and they're backing away from a play, they're, 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 they're backing up away from the line of scrimmage, you think to yourself in your head, okay, this is the throwaway, the play is over. Not so with Mahomes. He just finds ways to zip throws across his body for 30 yards that are darts. Um, even when Baltimore's pass rush finds a way, he's still able to realize, okay, Travis and Tyreek are both being covered one-on-one right now one of those guys is going to be open or someone's lost Hardman or, you know what I mean? It's just, we've mm-hmm. seen that against the way that Baltimore likes to play defense several times. The chiefs are one of my five. I think Kansas city wins this game going away. It's just a bad matchup for Baltimore. 
Yeah, for sure. I just maybe I'm falling too like it's always good to have your gambling adages and whatnot, but maybe I'm falling too hard and and the Chiefs might have well, to fall into that zone that the Patriots Mahomes used to be in all those Mahomes years, right? Yes, that's true. Mahomes has never lost this team, and the only time the games have been close is when Baltimore's been able to really move the ball. But even still, he's 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 never beaten this team by less than a, by by less than a field goal. Like it's been at least five in the in, in the three matchups. I think that continues again. And last year, you remember the Monday night game in Baltimore? That was closer than it looked. In the first Kansas City scored twenty eight points in the first half in that Monday mm-hmm. nighter in Baltimore. Like they just filleted those guys. I'm not saying the exact same thing's going to happen again. I just don't have a lot of cover. Uh, uh, I'm not convinced that the Baltimore defensive minds have said, "Oh, this is how we handle Patrick Mahomes," and have figured it out. I'm not convinced. Yeah, it's a tough one for sure. Should be a damn good game. And, and oh, it's going to be a fun future. football game. I just think that yeah. you're going to see Mahomes really just, you know, put it to these guys eventually. Absolutely. Uh, Monday nighter, bit of a weird one. Not sure how the Detroit Lions ended up in a primetime game, especially this time this early in the season. But the Detroit Lions are heading into Green Bay to take on the Packers at Lambeau Field, a uh, place that we mentioned used to be a house of horrors for them. But uh, I, I looked it up, and I think Stafford won three of the last four or something at Lambeau and four in his career. So, you know, not too bad. Uh, at least he got that monkey off our backs in the Stafford era. Um Packers are laying 11. Um, I don't know what to do with this one because I think you're based on what we saw last week. The Packers shouldn't be laying 11 against anybody. I did mention that I think that the Packers game is going to be a. I did think that when we look back on it, I think that the Packers performance in week one is going to be the throw off the scent game for the 2021 season. It is a bit weird, though. It, it, like, this this Rodgers thing has the potential to fester is the only thing that I would say and uh, is a reason to be cautious out there for, for the betting community. And there's perhaps a chance that if this is going to fester, that we are going to miss out on some Green Bay Packers, some inflated Green Bay Packers lines before Vegas realizes, okay, this, this Green Bay thing is a problem and we got to adjust the lines accordingly. This line obviously reflects there being no problems within Green Bay and that the the loss against the uh, Saints was a week one fluke. History would suggest that's true based on the way the Lions usually get run into the building by Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in general. Um, yeah, two weird games. The Detroit, the, I, I don't know what to make with the Lions. Did they, they look so bad in that game, gave up so many, look, looked like high school team in coverage. They lost Jeff Okuda, who it looks like he's on his way to being one of the all-time draft busts as a top third cornerback who has looked terrible in his first year and now torn his Achilles. So that's fun. Um, was getting yelled at at the sidelines by his coach too. So this is, you know, that the start of that being a third overall pick swimming, going swimmingly. That said, I guess if the point of the Dan Campbell era is that, you know, with his famous knee, his, his infamous kneecap speech, which obviously they weren't really going to be taking guys out of the kneecaps, but I believe the overwhelming sentiment of that kneecap speech was that the Lions aren't going to quit no matter how bad it gets. And if that is the culture change that the Lions are attempting to install or look or, or look towards with Dan Campbell, I would say week one mission accomplished, considering they, you know, looked like they were dead for three quarters of that game and then didn't give up. And even when Debo Samuel got the first down and all he had to do was fall down and they win the game, all of a sudden two, three Lions guys were flying in at him, punching at the ball and got it to come out. And all of a sudden it's like, wait, Jared Goff's driving and we have a chance to tie this game? What the hell happened? <laughs> like This game was over in the second quarter. So I guess if, if that's the goal for the Detroit Lions going forward, you know, not bad in week one. Um, I think we're supposed to take the Lions in the points here based on how bad the Packers looked and might be potentially getting into the, the, the fester situation that I said. And also, you got the backdoor cover potential. Um, what do you say on this one, the Packers laying 11 after that week one performance, Bill? I, I think you got to take the points here. Um, I, I don't 
feel like that's even that much of an overreaction. Like that's just a lot of points to a team that might not be completely horrible, but they might not be the Green Bay Packers of, of old either. So I think you take the points here and you assume Green Bay is going to win, but not by that many. Craig, Packers laying 11 against the Lions at Lambeau. What do you think? Um, Lions. Okay. All it's right. 11 too much. I like. I just watched the team score three. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, if, if, if they score three, they're not going to cover 11. Uh, I know they're not going to score three. Uh, I thought Goff looked fine. Yeah, he looked decent. The pick six was but, bad, but... Yeah, the pick six wasn't good. Pick six wasn't good. But he's playing with, other than Hawkinson, like, replacement level-ish rece- receiving talent, right? And he looks yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're suggesting you take the points of the Lions, although I don't know if I'm going to feel strong enough for that to be one of my five. Um, we Before we get into our last picks here, we must pick a Week 2 Survivor Pool team after we survived Week 1 with the Los Angeles Rams, which is lucky because the two teams we were looking at were them and the Falcons, and we suggested to everybody, hey, don't take the Falcons, let's just take the easy, safe thing with the Los Angeles Rams. And we did. Hopefully you listened to us on that one and are on to Week 2. Um uh, this week, too, I don't think we're going to get as easy a pick as this one. I don't see any reason why we don't just take the Cleveland Browns and move on to week three. What do you what say you guys? Any any suggestions otherwise? I like the Browns. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the, the, this you have uh, maybe the worst team in the road going on the um, worst team in the league going on the road. Against one of the better teams in the league. Yes, easy. This is good. Yeah. I'm glad we took the Rams, too, because if you look at the Rams' schedule, there's not going to be a lot of spots to take them the rest yeah, of the year, too. So well, they, they play in a tough division, right? Like, are you going to want yeah. them in any of their eight division games? Probably not. Yeah. So I'm glad we took the Rams and didn't, didn't over the Falcons, obviously, because we'd be freaking out. But, yeah. Um, so we are officially suggesting the Cleveland Browns as the Week 2 Survivor Pool team. Um, all that's left to do for Week 2 is do our picks. Craig, you won Week 1 with a 3-1-1 one, one record. Why don't you kick us off for Week 2? I would love to. Uh, I am going to begin my picks with... Uh, I'm going to take uh, the Browns. They're going to be one of my five. Nice. Um, I'm, take, I'm taking the Bengals. They're one of my five. I'm taking the Saints to cover the spread. Uh, I'll be taking the Atlanta Falcons. And my last one, you know, I went back and forth between the uh, the two night games, but I will say forward down the field. A charging team that will not yield. Oh, no. <laughs> when the red silver wave. Give me the line. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> How was that our thing? Oh, <laughs> uh, we got to get rid of crap like that. And if we're ever going to succeed, I swear uh, the... oh, they, They've had that for some absurd yeah. amount of time. I do love gridiron. Yeah. (laughs) It's just going to stay. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah. It's okay to keep the corny stuff, I guess. Well, here's the thing. I think they've had it since, like, you know, since the the dawn of the franchise in, like, the 40s or whatever it was. Yeah. All right. We're just, like, you know. Fly Eagles Fly is obviously a better fight song that's been around forever, but this is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. And at least it's not the Tomahawk Chop, right? So (laughs) we got that going for us. Um,. Billy, week two, who you got? All right. I had some luck last Thursday. I'm going to try it again. I'll go with the Washington team. I will go with my Vikings. Support the team. I will take Kansas City. I will also take the Lions. I think they might be the best team in the league. So, (laughs) Well, you know what they say, Bill? Good teams win games. Great teams cover the spread. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what they should say. <laughs> uh, and I'll take the Saints as the last one. All right. New Orleans. Oh, nope. Missed that one. New Orleans minus three and a half for Bill. Okay. Um, I am going to take the Miami Dolphins getting three and a half points at home. I will be taking the Philadelphia Eagles getting three and a half points at home. I will be taking the Atlanta Falcons with Craig. 
I will be taking laying the points with the Cleveland Browns. So if you've been listening to this podcast, you know I don't go to this well too many times, but I will be laying more than a touchdown. I God, this is foreign territory for me. This, this I don't know. In in the me being slightly better at betting, I don't I don't remember take being this confident about about a line this high. But uh, God, that feels so square to do. But uh, it it is what it is. I'm laying the twelve and a half. And uh, Bill, I'm on the board with you. I'm give me the Minnesota Vikings uh, plus the four and a half against the uh, against the Cardinals. I think they figure it out. So Miami, Philly, Atlanta, Cleveland, Minnesota for me. Um, that is it for week two on the crossover podcast. Crossover podcast available the crossover podcast. Podcast.com, Facebook.com slash crossover podcast. And on iTunes, please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher you can find us on. Leave us a review on any of those. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the crossover podcast. Um, we might be back this week. I'm thinking about uh, there's a chance. So I might put it off till next week, but we are going to do a podcast on the what if episodes of Marvel. Uh, that have been coming on Disney Plus because I've rather enjoyed most of those and I'm very excited to to break those down with uh, the crew on the other side for sure. Have you been watching those, Craig? No, not yet, but I will. Oh, yeah. I think they I, – I, I'll have to double-check, but I think the last one uh, aired today, so you can easily bang out because they're only like six, about half-hour episodes, and, and, and they're they're a lot of fun. I, I, I've enjoyed most of them thoroughly. Um, but, yeah. Um, if not, we will definitely be back uh, next week, same time, doing the breaking down uh, week two and looking ahead to the gambling prospects of week three. Um, as always, Craig Needles, Bill Needles – Pleasure, as always, having you guys on this podcast. Can't wait to talk to you next week. And may all your bets uh, be very prosperous this weekend. Uh, Take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast. (laughs) 